Minerva refuses to intro this episode. It's so your turn, love. I'm going to say, welcome to Free Mind. <laughs> but I can't see a thing in the sky. All right, babe, what you say, what you say, what you say? How welcome, you doing? everybody. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks Welcome for tuning back. in. Yeah, thanks in for here. tuning in again. We got some uh, good feedback from last week when we got uh, kicked off of YouTube. So, um, or, you know, not kicked off. That's but they not took the, surprising. <clears throat> yeah, the episode down um, violated expert consensus. That's going to be another video. You'll want to check out our formal apology to YouTube. So, um, but anyways, this week, just want to hop on the Disney stuff. You know, we're right in the thick of crazy busy, right? And so normally with with a topic like this, I would love to go like super in depth and give you like the history of Disney and how they're steeped in the Illuminati and how Walt Disney was part of Freemasonry and all that. <laughs> but uh, we're just going to skim the surface today because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, um, I don't want to go too deep if I can't back it up with the, with the facts there and with the go. knowledge. You and so, the, um, yeah, so I'm just going to play some of the actual leaked videos from this past week. Some of them you might've seen, but just in case you hadn't, Hopefully there'll be a few here that you can have them in a one-stop shop if you're trying to talk with someone and let them know what Disney's doing. Before we do that, I want a couple couple um, housekeeping items. Um, what are our housekeeping items? Let's see. Is it um, if you Patreon? haven't subscribed? Mm-hmm to our YouTube page, it's meaningless because we're going to be off probably in two (laughs) months anyways. But in that two months, you can help us uh, reach more people by subscribing and sharing and all that kind of good stuff, as well as um, on the uh, podcast page itself for Free Mind, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, but I really, that's what I want to encourage you to do. I put out a little, um, just a filler this week on our Instagram Free Mind FM. If if you're not on that, I probably do more on that right now than anything. That and Telegram. I'm trying to do more Telegram, but I'm doing more on Insta- Instagram stories and stuff. So one of the things I asked people was I put up the uh, I put up a clip of Yuval Harari from the World Economic Forum first, and then I put up a picture of Klaus Schwab and just said, "Do you guys know who this is?" And so actually, I was surprised because over fifty percent did not. Okay. And that's that. I, I honestly thought it'd be like eighty. 20 that people would know him especially like followers of free mind so i want to do a whole series on the great reset klaus schwab yuval uh the mockingbird media and all that but i know for sure that that's not going to make it through the youtube algorithms and um the censorship and all that so we're going to be putting that up on rumble so you may as well just go ahead and hop over there and start watching this stuff on rumble if you get a chance because even on apple podcasts i think we're still riding under the the radar with our you know couple thousand listeners a week but if that were to go up i think we would start getting maybe some more um maybe some more pushback there as well so rumble's probably the safest for now but um i wanted to before we hop into our memes of the week um i wanted to just quickly again i'm i'm trying to give the uh, understanding of how this this stuff how how we've come to see it work over the years when they're trying to push a particular thing usually that thing being some kind of narrative that's actually not true um at least distorted maybe maybe completely false or somewhere in the spectrum there but we've talked a little bit about the ukraine russia thing and just how difficult it is to actually know what's going on right now because the mainstream media has you know truth has forsaken these lands um but we do know that when they're in a coordinated fashion pushing this stuff we we should be skeptical of it but i opened up youtube 
this week. And this is the ad that popped up on my, um, the top of it. So same thing, like when, when the BLM stuff was going on, every time I opened it up, listen to black voices. And of course Mm -hmm. it wasn't black conservative voices or black voices that disagree with their narrative. It was, you know, black woke voices. Um, and then when, you know, when the COVID stuff, every, I mean, the whole page would be filled with, you know, busting myths about vaccines and all this kind of stuff. Um, so that was that that's, this is how they work. So again, YouTube's pushing this, um, and then I flipped over here and I, I was posting an Insta story and here's the, the, the top section of the, I guess the gifts. There's a debate. Is it GIF or GIF? Who knows? The mystery of the universe. But um, I'm going to go with GIF. Okay. Um, open up the gifts and um, in the top three that here again, Ukraine. So anytime these companies are doing that, highlight that, note that, know what time it is. So first meme of the week, <laughs> this is showing you the difference between men and women. If you can see this, if you can't, it's hard to explain, but if you can see it, you see the man <laughs> before bath looks like a homeless guy after bath, you know, like a, like a business guy. Up, yeah. And then women right below it before bath, she looks like, you know, she's ready for a, a runway and then after bath, not so much. Not so much. Quite different. <laughs> so the scale goes down for men. Uh, sorry, for women, up for men, post-shower. So that's one major That's one major way, you know, there is an actual ontological difference between men and women. <laughs> Second mean, this okay. is uh, from some of these, some of these, uh, they're... Um, posts at woke Jesus Christ on Instagram are not that funny to me, but this one was actually pretty decent. So this is woke Paul. He says he's writing in, in, you know, writing scripture and it says, do not neglect the digital gathering of yourselves together. Encourage one another in the online chat as you oh see the day drawing That's near. That's hilarious. Okay. And so, <laughs> Did you, you know, <laughs> uh, good stuff there. And then the last meme of the week here is Babylon B and it says, uh, Clarence Thomas receives invite to celebration of first black Supreme court justice. <laughs> First, heavy on the first. Yes, and so um, you know, good stuff. Classic, classic Babylon B. They're always bringing it in. So, but let's hop on the Disney stuff. I don't know that you you may have seen some of these, may not. Maybe they're coming in fresh. But I want to get your take either way. Um, And then we're going to talk about like what what is the line when when we should probably think about boycotting? Because I've seen you know Christians kind of out there taking different perspectives, and you know if 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 you've um, come out of my world, the background, I say this kind of some of the world that I've been in the last 20 years, the idea often is like, Oh man, just be nice. Win them over with our love, you know, go to the Disney execs and, and just, you know, don't, don't push back on the agenda. Just show them that, that Christ transcends culture wars and loves them, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the push. Um, Mm. of course, you know, it's, we've been talking about pietism and sometimes pacifism can be conjoined with that. Um, and it can be, um, intellectual pacifism, um, can be a form like a, a sub branch of okay. general pacifism, but it's this idea we don't want to get involved in the culture wars because we don't want anything to hinder from saving souls for heaven, you know? Okay. And we, so if, if you're interested in kind of seeing our take on that, go back and listen to, we did maybe three or four episodes on pietism and the, the biblical problems with that and how really what that logically entails, it, specifically German Lutheran pietism, that's so um, impacted modern evangelicalism and what that viewpoint entails is what actually happened in Germany where you had the, the people going by in the trains on the way to the death camps and there's in there literally just singing okay. louder you know mm. that's the that's the kind of the reductio ad absurdum or the the um, the the absurd logical conclusions of that idea 
that we shouldn't really be pushing back on these demonic agendas. Um, and we should really just be concerned to make sure we don't offend anybody and make sure we come off as loving that we might reach and, and pull a soul or two out of this, um, Titanic that's going down anyways that we call our culture. Mm. Um, so go back and check out those episodes. Any thoughts on Disney? Did you grow up as a Disney fan? No. Yeah, yeah, y'all had a different thing going no, on. No, we grew up in a Haitian community, and then, I mean, I guess our our vacations, we did, we just did not do Disney. Y'all didn't do <laughs> we Disney. did other things. <laughs> <laughs> we went on uh, spiritual trips and things like that. Not that we were super religious. It's just we didn't have time yeah, for Disney. Certain kinds of yeah. yeah we yeah. didn't do Disney. You didn't do you even watching like the movies. Do you remember the movies? Did you grow up nah. with those? No, it was I, different. I should play a I sad know. song right now <laughs> no. in this background. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't a huge Disney fan. So when you introduced it to me when we moved to Florida, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's, it is, well, it was magical. It, it was awesome, you know, yeah. just done with excellence. But um, yeah, we watched, I mean, we might have stumbled on some of the, the movies, the, the big movies yeah, and things sure, like sure, that. Sure. But it wasn't like a part of our culture. Coming yeah, up. man. I mean, I grew How about up. you? But you were. Yeah, I man, mean, I, was in, I was in it to win it. Like it was um, everything. Like I loved it, man. I, I grew up in the, the era, I would say, of the the best cartoons Disney. So like when I was a kid, I remember going to the movie theater to watch little mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King. And I will say, I'm going to offend a lot of people with this statement, but clearly like there's not even debate. Like this is just solid fact. Okay, here goes little mermaid is the best of all times. Aladdin second and Lion King is a distant third. Now I just lost half of you on that, maybe more, (laughs) but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Little mermaid first, Aladdin, and then a distant third Lion King. No, but they were all like little mermaid. They were all great, man. The music, I just, I wasn't a big, like Elton John's music. Like to me, the, the, the music and the other two, and then Robin Williams playing the genie, it just threw him over the top okay. and I wasn't a, the Elton John vibe See, and flavor. Okay. I just wasn't feeling, I didn't even know who he was back then, but I just, I found myself not liking the music in Lion King as much. So sorry if you hate me for that. Um, gotcha. you know, okay. all good. All good. We're learning to get over how people think of us here at free mind. <laughs> yes. Um, but I do remember, I, I remember I met this kid like, it's like real vague in my mind, but they had, uh, their parents wouldn't let them watch little mermaid back then. And I was like, what? You know? And so she was saying, yeah, yeah, she disobeys, you know, she disobeys and then she's rewarded at the end because of it. Very good. And I was like, this is the weirdest family I've ever met. And I just kind of dismissed them, you know, um, turns out they were right. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, they had a point. Okay. yeah, I, you know, I went to Disney for years. I loved it. Like I do love, I, I love them, the quote unquote magic, the, the vibe yeah. Walt Disney's, um, dream of, of putting the stuff together and the excellence and the quality and the, the storylines, like mm-hmm. the characters and everything just over the years, man, have been top notch. And, and oddly enough, the first concert I did with Kirk Franklin when I got hired that was, was your first? Night of Joy. Oh, that's cool. So we walked out of the castle in Orlando and I walk out there and there's probably like, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 12,000 oh, yeah, people out there. And it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, you've done that many mm-hmm. times and I did it a couple times since then. Uh, and we always loved when you did Night of Joy because they would give us um, Disney tickets sometimes yes. is a, that was fun. Um, f- for just that participating was cool. or whatever. So we get to go back for a week. So anyways, I, I tried to like, 
really get her into the magic. Like I was like a kid. I got it. I got got it. it, But you didn't get it like I got it. Yeah. You loved it. I really appreciate it. You really loved it. You really appreciate it. But you were probably more in the spirit uh, (laughs) than I was here. You know what I'm saying? But I did get it. The parade is, I mean, it's bananas in the the night parade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 the parade is cool. The parade is cool. I'm, I'm more like, I don't know. Do just, I think I got a very specific things I like in each park and I won't bore people um, here with it. And I didn't go to Disneyland. You said, did you like Disneyland or Disney world better? You know, I I did a quick visit to Disneyland. And so it's not fair to compare because I've been Mm. to Disney world so many times in my, I was just staying at a hotel really close to Disneyland and I took like a two hour trip in there just to say I did it. And so I did small world and one other ride and had to leave and get a cab back. But, um, for sure, I think Disney world might be a bit more, I don't know. I just spent more time. It's, it's more attractive. The people in Cali swear by Disneyland. Oh yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. They think it's more compact and just better, better better layout. Very cool. But you know, but they do pretty much all admit like Disney world is just massive and it's got a lot more options. So anyways, um, okay. So that's all gone for us because (laughs) Jesus, no, it's not, you know, to, to be honest, like, this is like the stuff we're going to show you guys is because we've kind of been digging into this now for a while. Like I, I do remember when my parents finally made that shift too, and they started like noticing like the, the full on like occultic stuff that happened in the Disney movies and okay. all that kind of stuff. And they were like, you know, it began to be uncomfortable to watch mm-hmm. them as a family because yeah. my mom especially was really tuned to that stuff. And she started really digging in on it. So way back in the day, we knew it was problematic And then over the years, you could see that they definitely, you always heard things about underground Disney, but then it started getting to where it was like out in the open, like as the LGBTQ movement kind of went mainstream, um, they were like right there, like, you know, pushing, pushing it every step of the way. So this stuff to me wasn't a surprise at all. It's just more overt um, in, in, in that it. I think in the way that people got to see them talking behind the scenes, um, you don't always kind of see that stuff. So we're going to just um, flip through the, apparently this was a, um, a th- some kind of summit. I'm trying to remember what it was here. I'm going to pull it up. Um, the reimagine tomorrow summit, um, featuring some of the like heavy hitters in the Disney organization. Mm-hmm. This wasn't just like, leadership. you know, some people on a zoom call, like leadership discussing major issues, including the controversial bill going on in, in Florida right now. And so I'll try to tell you who these, each of these persons is, but, um, okay. yeah, let's see here if we can, Let's go to this screen here. I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations and um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, uh, to all of us. We, we had a we had an open forum last week at Twentieth, where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible, groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years, where um, one of our execs stood up and said, "You know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content." And I went, "What? I, that can't be true." And I and I and I realized, oh. It, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just 
just get to be characters um, and, and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye-opening for me. Um, and and I, I can tell you, um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened, um, I as a leader and me as my colleagues would not have focused on. And, and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so. I know that we will be. And, um, and I hope this is a moment where shoot, um, the 50% of the tears, <laughs> sorry, are coming. Um, uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards. So that was, um, the Disney corporate president named Carrie Burke. And so two queer children, I forget how she termed her kids. Um, and you can see, you know, what does she not want to go back to, you know, the, the so-called dark ages of, Mm -hmm. you know, Western Christianity or, you know, the, the Christian worldview or the time before sexual anarchy was normalized basically. And so she's, she's saying, Oh my goodness, we all, we don't, we only have a few, a handful of queer leads in these places. We want to center these people and we want to do it so much so that it's normalized to the fact that we're not even trying to promote an agenda, but it's just baked Hmm. into the cake of everything that is Disney. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think she's referring to this moment. Like if we didn't have this moment, I'm not positive about this, but I think she's talking about them in in the context of the bill, which is really trying. Yeah. It's trying to give parents the right so that their kids aren't being indoctrinated in this stuff from, you know, I I can't remember the exact, you can look it up on Epoch times as a couple articles or really anybody, but, um, kids as early as kindergarten, I think they're trying to teach them and normalize this kind of, um, sexual kindergarten. Right. That's so the pushback to yeah. that is Ugh. she's calling that the moment of oh man and you know the tears and all this kind of stuff you can see here the worldviews in conflict mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so this next person is um, Disney executive producer Latoya Ravenel Disney executive producer so listen to her love Disney's content I grew up watching you know all of the classics they have been a huge like informative part of my life but at the same time like i worked at small studios most of my career and i'd heard you know hear whispers like i'd heard things like oh you know they won't let you show this at a disney show and i'm like okay so i was a little like sus when i started and but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite so she was working on another show Mm mm-hmm I guess she was moving into this position with Disney and people were like, well, they're not going to let you show this and that. Right. And so she's a little bit suspect of, um, or suspicious of, you know, moving into this role and feel like, oh, they're going to, they're going to limit what I can actually present in the art. And then what does she say? She said, oh no, it was wildly different. In other words, they give me like a blank check to do whatever I want. So she'll go on. Of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA, um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so, so they've been so welcoming to what she's Louise. Okay. I'll just play that one more time right here. If you can see that. I like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like my not at all secret gay agenda. So they've been so welcoming to that Disney leaders and it, her as a producer, she's getting free reign to do that. Like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must have happened in the last, like, like they're turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to like 
let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background. This like I was just where. What kinds of two characters kiss? Of course. Yeah. So clearly you see, what's, um, you know, we felt all this momentum, like it's something Yikes. that turned around, Yikes. Hey, Yikes. turned around for good. Or I could just basically adding queerness to like, the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of But like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. Mm. Um, yeah, so the the devil is busy. Mm -hmm. uh, this woman, this woman here uh, uh, is Disney's diversity and inclusion manager, a lady by the name of Vivian Ware. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we we've trained, we we've provided training for all of our our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's it's hello everyone or hello friends. We we are in the process of changing over those those recorded messages, and so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom, we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we say dreamers of all ages. Wow. And here's, you know, you can see all, if you're, if you're watching this, you can see some of the different folks. I don't know if this is the whole crew here speaking, but there's eight of them kind of on different um, Zoom screens and an interpreter, sign language interpreter. So I think this guy's going to speak here a little bit had the privilege of working with the moon girl team for the last two years and they've been really open to exploring queer stories and so i put together like a tracker of our background characters to make sure that we have like a the full breadth of expression and uh we got into a very similar conversation carrie of like oh all of our like gender non-conforming characters are in the background so yeah you got this um you can tell, I mean, this is why this is, it's been here for years, but to hear it said out loud, yeah. right? It's shocking. Okay. And I just got two more, two more little videos I want to show. We'll chat about it a little bit here, but um, I think I can't, this is a, a higher up basically apologizing because he's getting pushback, I believe, for not making an overt fight against this bill. That's my that's my kind of rough okay. surfacey understanding. Don't quote me on that, but the, but watch this apology. I pledge to be a better ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Apologize for not being the ally that you needed me to be, and committed to ensuring that our company lives up to its values. I meant every word, and that's what we're here to talk about today. I understand that we've made mistakes and the pain that those mistakes have caused. And I know that our silence wasn't just about the bill in Florida, but about every time an individual or institution that should have stood up for this community did not. I and the leadership team are determined to use this moment as a catalyst for more meaningful and lasting change. I want to thank the LGBTQIA plus advisory council, their allies and everyone else who has submitted ideas on how we can take action. Yeah. So, you know, that's what this whole movement, the woke movement, the LGBTQ, the, the, the kind of cultural Marxism, as it's sometimes called, it's sad because even that guy, he, he may be straight, but he basically looks like an effeminate man right there, just cowering down to the mob. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad to me to see that kind of, um, that kind of weakness on a man. Mm. It's like, it's, it's, it makes me sick to my stomach. And, you know, unfortunately, I've seen many pastors look like that in the last couple of years, too. But, um, man, it's just this is really, really sad to reduce someone to a groveling boot kissing. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just disgusting. Last video here. Except 
The other big area is gender identity and expression. So doing all of this work uh, to ensure that our employees and cast can express their gender here authentically and proudly at the company. So, you know, coming up with guides on how to change your photo, information about pronouns, working with our benefits team to give information about gender affirmation procedures, both for our employees who are transitioning and trans, but also our employees who have kids who are transitioning. Also for our employees who have kids that are transitioning. Um, If you want to grow in your confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it and we'll see you this summer. Yeah, man, this is, um, this is quite the, (laughs) quite the time we're living through, right? It's bananas. It's, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's evil. And, uh, yeah, to, to want to train kids in that, you know, not even leaving it to adults to make a decision, but to just really put forth an agenda to, push it, push it, yeah, push man. it into these movies where you know kids will be watching it. Yeah. So it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and, and really, man, that's why, uh, you know, that's why I kind of get so kind of worked up about this because this isn't just, this isn't merely evil and wicked. Like mm. uh, the sexual anarchy movement among adults is evil and wicked and it distorts God's creational norms. But to take the the institutional powers and utilize them to victimize kids, man, like if we don't stand up and do something, it's on us. It is on us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and again, I'm not talking about anything crazy here, like violence or anything like that. I'm talking about, we have to, we have to stand in the gap. We have to, we have to raise our voices. And I've, we've shared this in the past about how to address this issue. And we'll do it again this year. You know, pride month yeah. is coming soon. Mm. Um, I'm sure they're going to flood. Oh the yeah. Gates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. This year, <laughs> really, last really year was next yeah. was Lex Neville. This year is going to be, uh, I don't Jeez. even know, higher dimensional, but, um, you know, we talked about the need to resist the agenda and reach out to the broken. Mm. And so, you know, unfortunately, because this evil, wicked, demonic agenda is being pushed by people, we have to confront those people. We have to confront those structures. You know, that's part of what it means to do spiritual warfare. There's a reason, you know, the pretty much all the prophets were killed and the apostles were resisted. Many of them killed imprisoned, because it wasn't just because they were saying, man, Jesus is, you know, a, a nice Lord of your heart. You can worship him in your heart and in your mind. It's privately and, and it shouldn't spill out to public um, interactions and, and public policy and all that kind of stuff. It was always it, it wasn't primarily um, a political announcement of the kingdom. It was primarily spiritual, but it had political implications. And those political implications is what always got them in trouble. Um, because they said, Jesus is Lord, Caesar is not, you know, mm-hmm. in essence, I'm not going to bow down to your tyranny um, when it's either um, either anti God's law or anti um, speaking the truth of the gospel. 
And so we have to um, do what we have to do to stand up for those who are oppressed and are weak. And the kids fit that category. Mm, like we have to rise up as, as the body of Christ and speak out against these issues and make it clear um, what the evil is, what the wickedness is. And then we have to do what we can to push back on those ideas and images, those those speculations. You know, that's what Second um, Corinthians 10 is talking about. Our weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to, to break down those, those strongholds. And, and Paul uses yeah. cognitive language, the, you know, the ideas and, and the, um, every, every ideology, every speculation mm-hmm. raised up, every argument in some translations raised yeah. up against the knowledge of God. And so we have to, we have to, first of all, call these things what they are. And then we have to tear down those strongholds. How do we do that? Do we just yell at them? No, mm-hmm. we have to get out there. We have to, we have to argue them argue against them, use words, persuade, um, sometimes use the prophetic voice of just standing there and calling good, good and Amen. evil, evil. And then, um, doing what we can at the level of policy to protect the kids. You know, this should, um, we could get rid of Disney tomorrow and we could get rid of CRT completely from the U S um, in the schools, let's say the elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. And, it still wouldn't do it because the root, the root is deeper than that. And it's going to spring back up by, you know, next year. Um, and the problem is because we're seeing these extreme things and we're thinking, man, we just need to, we need to go back to 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And that's not true at all. These are the exact fruit of the exact Uh fruit that's been in place for years. And people it's, it's time we wake up and not only push back on the extremes, we need to have a a complete reformation and understanding of what is education. Mm. Um, what should public education, if it should exist, what should it look like? Because you can't, you know, the, even I appreciate um, like someone like DeSantis, what he's doing right now. I think it's awesome in many ways and pushing back. But I will say this. I'm not I'm not overly over the moon about it okay. because um, I think that he the, the kind of way he talks about it and a lot of conservatives, quote unquote, talk about this is like, well, we got to get back to teaching math and English and science and get rid of this um, kind of indoctrination of crazy indoctrination of sexuality. And yeah, like that's why I say. I'm with him on that. Like, this is so crazy. It shouldn't even be a conversation. Mm. Get rid of it out of the gate. But that's not enough. It's not sufficient. We have to take a look because there is no so-called neutral space of educating people in science and English and math. It all has worldview in it. Now, some of the elements of those can be relatively um, neutral, depending on the people with the different worldviews that are coming to the table. But this idea that there's sort of this um, this kind of secular space of education that can happen without being informed by a um, foundation of what you think about the very wow. basic structure wow. of reality is just false. And that's why they've been teaching, you know, secular humanism. The John Dewey stuff mm. is anti-God at the very root um, from the early 1900s. And so 
it's not enough to just get rid of the crazy stuff. Yeah. We need to root out the entire system and have a complete switch over and, and do the hard work of thinking like, man, if you're going to educate someone, you have to, you have, you need to have the right basic worldview. Mm, um, you need to ask the questions of, you know, what is truth? Is there truth? You know, it depending on if, if God exists or not, that very basic question is going to have different answers. Um, history, who says history? Cause this is where the critical race theorists and the critical theorists really have a point is like, man, you've been teaching this version of history. Well, why can't I teach my version? Who says which one is right? Um, Well, if you don't have, if you don't have an objective framework to appeal to that's rooted in an omniscient God that actually designed our brains in certain ways and and gave us um, tools to do historiography, then you really do just have a power play. Mm. And so then there is no good reason really to argue that you should teach this version of history rather than that. There is no objective truth to appeal to. Even math, like that's why they're teaching this woke math now. Like you, you would think, man, if any subject be could <laughs> could be safe from worldview differences, it would be math, but well, actually woke not. Math, right? And so, really, you'll you'll understand as you dig into this stuff that um, even math does have presuppositions. Mm. Um, modern science has presuppositions that are rooted in Western Christianity. Mm. And so, this idea that you can throw out Western Christianity and keep science is foolish. And that's why the African American Museum said that the scientific method was a, was an instantiation of white supremacy, mm. because they define white supremacy as basically Western Christianity, and they understand that that is um, the scientific method is part and parcel of that way of thinking. So you, again, I think this is the idea that, uh, so to to just do a quick summary on this, sometimes conservatives are making this mistake, like we want to go back to modernism or the enlightenment. Um, but the problem is modernism and the enlightenment, at least in the, in the broad sense in which I'm speaking, automatically funnels into postmodernism. Okay. Because if you lose yes. God and you lose the Bible mm-hmm. as a source of knowledge, then you lose all the other elements of knowledge as well, because we just become one more, um, species in this long line of blind evolution, um, pulling power plays on the next, you know, group within the species or different species outside of themselves. So anyways, um, that's just a quick note. There's like, we got, we got to push back on what we got to push back. Like Mm. you got to fight the battles that are here. This one, this one, it shouldn't even be a battle. It's so crazy. It's so ludicrous that we shouldn't even have to do a podcast on something this crazy. Um, but we do got to push back on that, but, but don't make the mistake of thinking, man, if we have that victory that we've done enough, this needs to be the catalyst to help us go way back, um, to some of the reformational ideas at the very beginning that birthed the better parts of American, um, civilization. Mm. Um, and so anything else you want to add to any of that? Babe? No, I, no, I just, I just recall, uh, it was JP Moore and I remember listening to a teaching on him and this was maybe like five years ago. He said, coming soon, the number one battle mm. will be not a religious war, not where you go to church, a race war. The number one battle in our nation will be, um, the battle of worldviews. And I remember thinking, huh, where does he get that from? And so he was spot on. And so that's what we're seeing now. It's like, you can get a degree in chemistry, yeah. but then if it's not fit in the in in the, the correct yeah. true worldview, you're just gonna be just um, floating in the tides of culture yeah. and not yeah. knowing how or it fits into reality. And so mm. it's like we're we're seeing it now. I think um, I think this is a call and a charge to.
to all leaders and educators to decide what worldview will you promote and which one will you reject yeah, because we're being forced. It's a, it's yeah. coming. You know, Disney is. You know, you may not go to Disney, and you may not. It may not even be a part of your your life ever. Yeah. And so that's just one example of how worldviews are spreading across our world. It's like you you won't be able to escape it. So no. we will eventually all have to choose to stay soon. Well, <laughs> who we're going to serve and no, for sure. who we're going to bow to. No, for sure. And, yeah. you know, when we do our Rumble episodes on Disney where we can really talk. Yeah, I see. We'll see how they are connected to, like, they're uh, at the top of this thing and why okay. it is that they that so much of what yeah. they do permeates um, sure. much of the media. Okay. And, um, no, I think you're exactly right, though. We have to ask, because, it's again, it's we keep saying this, this um, I almost said this semester, this season, uh, it's not whether but which. which it's not yeah. whether or not someone's going to impose their morality. It's which morality. It's not whether or not someone's going to impose their religion or worldview. It's which mm. worldview or religion. And so this idea that we can go back to this kind of like America uh, quote unquote, where there was everybody kind of agreed on these basic secular principles. That was at best just an, an, an illusion mm-hmm. um, because what they were doing was they were in that process of borrowing the better parts of the Christian worldview that they liked okay. and trying to cut off the root of that flower and keep the flower. Jeez. That's what Os Guinness always calls it, a, a cut root society. We live, Western civilization is a cut flower society. Mm. And so for a while, the flower still looks good, right? In the vase, mm-hmm. but it's on its way to dying. Yeah. That's, that was even America for, for many, many, many years in the 1900s. And to the idea that you can go back to that. Um, is just is it's it's foolish at best, and that's what I worry about sometimes with conservatives that get all up in arms about these issues, but don't understand that it's much deeper than mm. this. Um, so, how do we how do we approach this? Um, many different ways. We said, you know, we got to do something. What do we do? Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, Sean Foy. You know, he's been out there fighting the good fight now for a couple of years. In in many ways, uh, gets a lot of pushback, um, but also a lot of people are I think believe in what he's doing. Oddly enough, the other day. I was in uh, Liberty uh, in, in the bookstore, Starbucks, just hanging out there. And, and he walked in with one of the guys oh, wow. from the Freedom Center there. Oh, so cool. I got to meet him real quickly. It's the first time I ever ran across. In all our years in oh, the cool. the uh, music industry, for some reason, we just have never um, run oh, across okay. him. So anyways, I think he was on his way to New York to do one of these outdoor events. And okay. he was stopping in here. So it was pretty cool just to connect with him briefly. But uh, here's what he had going on with his uh, this thing at Disney. I'm going to play it here from Instagram. You can see Disney in the background there um, and just, you know, I, I, you can hear him worshiping. There's something yeah, on it, praying, right? Yeah. And, you know, that that's that's the see the primary way we go in this. And the pastor of church was talking about this 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 morning. Like we can't politics in the, in the sense of just being polis, you know, the city the ruling the city 
obviously Christianity will impact that, but it has to be from the right direction. It, has, it starts with the inner man. It starts from the inside. It starts with renovation of the heart and then impacts everything from marriage to our jobs to the society around us. And so this idea that we can just kind of go and merely correct it at the political level is just misguided and it's not how they did it in okay. the scripture and it's not going to be effective because you'll get basically what you get in the establishment GOP right now, which is just progressives going off the cliff at 100 miles per hour and the GOP going off that same cliff at 50 miles per hour. So um, where they were, you know, GOP was against gay marriage. Now they're highlighting people that are same sex mm. mirages or marriages with adopting kids and is heroes because they agree with them politically. And that's what a mere political stance does. It doesn't, it doesn't give you an anchor and a solid principled place that you say, I'm not moving no matter what the winds around me are doing, mm. but real transformation of the heart, real, um, real, um, conversion to Jesus and discipleship. When you get that at a, at a, at a great level, that should impact the political realm as mm. well. Yeah. And so we have to, you know, do we want to get rid of this stuff out of schools by voting? Yes. If we can do Absolutely, a direct vote, yeah. do we want to stop them from, you know, pulling babies apart, sucking their brains out of their skull oh, and killing them maybe. by the, you know, yeah. hundreds of thousands every year, if we can by through the you know legal method. Absolutely. Yeah. But the idea, again, these things aren't going to be sufficient for real long-term cultural transformation. We do, it's a both and, but we really know that the yeah. main, the main um, push has to be really what Sean, I think was embodying in that thing, which is man, they're out there worshiping God and they're pushing back the Amen. darkness and they're highlighting the centrality of Jesus. And I think we have to do all that. And he was pointing at his daughter saying, man, we're doing this for the next for, for the next generation. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to talk about as we're wrapping up here today, and I'm going to play this a little bit um, like on 1.25. So if you need to slow it down, you can. But I think he talks slow enough where it's going to be good. But Douglas Wilson did this message on boycotting on his podcast. Um, this was probably, I don't know, two years ago, maybe 2019, I guess three years ago. I played this a long time ago on one of our podcasts. I don't know if you remember it or not. Okay. But um, it's really, it's worth it's, it's, it's worth revisiting in this context because we want to ask like, what is, what do we do with this? Do we boycott? I just for me personally, I went ahead and canceled Disney plus. I was already on the line with it, you know? Um, but I was just like, you know, I don't want, I just, I don't want to give them any of my money right now yeah. with what they're doing. Now mm -hmm. you'll see, I got this Adidas shirt on. Maybe you can see it you know, you obviously can't just cut off everything. Like this company does a lot of terrible things mm -hmm. that I hate. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still drink Starbucks coffee. I'm trying to get off it. Y'all y'all could pray for you. Boy, <laughs> um, I, I, we're order. We got to order some more coffee today, by the way, other, mm -hmm. other brands, but um, you know, again, their company, I just can't stand a lot of what they stand for a lot of what they push, but how do we know? When do we know when it's a good idea to boycott if ever okay. as Christians? And that's what he's going to discuss. And I think cool. it's really helpful. But some more, I want to talk about it again. Uh, and that is the issue of boycotts. Okay, the issue of boycotts. Um, we, we see that um, the secular left is uh, going in big time for boycotts. They want, to, they want companies to divest if they have any holdings uh, that are connected to Israel. And they, they want to um, boycott Netflix and Disney, both uh, threatened to boycott uh, Georgia, um, uh, to not make movies there in Georgia. Uh, because of uh, the abortion law, the heartbeat abortion law that was just that was just signed there, and uh, a lot of Christians have gone in for this for over the years, and they've said, "Well, we we need to um, 
we need to boycott this company because, you know, they're uh, doing this evil thing or this vile thing. Um, one of the, one of the, the a website that's dedicated to knitters, uh, Ravelry just announced that they, they would not have any tolerance for Trump supporters on this knitting website. Uh, I mean, seriously, knitting? Um, because they were taking a stand against white supremacy and I'm tempted to wonder why, why can't we have all our knitting websites tell us what our views ought to be on the Federal Reserve interest rate or, uh, come on, everything has gotten so uh, politicized. And then, so then some Christians will say, well, should we, should we boycott, should we boycott, um, Ravelry? And, and, and here's, this is the basic, um, uh, answer. No, we are not morally obligated to detach ourselves from morally problematic businesses. And this is, um, uh, this is something we find in the New Testament. Um, the Apostle Paul tells us that when you, um, when you're considering the uh, eating of meat that was offered to idols, the thing that you should uh, take into account, the thing that you should be have in the front of your mind is your relationship with your brother. Uh, you don't have to worry about the meat. The meat is not demon possessed. So for example, if, uh, if today, let's, let's say Burger King, um, instituted, uh, a new practice where they had little alcove in the back by the, by the grill and a little goddess, a little statue of a goddess in it. And the guy, whichever, um, employee was back there grilling up the hamburgers, whenever he had a tray of hamburgers done, he would turn around, offer the tray up to the goddess, say a little prayer, and then shove the, shove the hamburgers out the little window. Now, if that were happening at McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's, if that were happening, uh, thought experiment, would there be a controversy in the Christian church over whether or not it was lawful to eat at that establishment anymore? I mean, they're, they're sacrificing these hamburgers to demons. They're saying a prayer over them to demons. And let's say they really are. Um, we want to be careful because a lot of, there are a lot of crazy rumors that go around the Christian world and things are said, you know, of corporations doing things for the devil and they're not really. But in the Apostle Paul's time, the best meat, uh, was available in the shambles. The, uh, you know, when the, um, when the animals were sacrificed to these various gods and goddesses, the temples would frequently turn around and sell the meat that had been offered, uh, up to their god or goddess. And Paul argues that it, it's perfectly lawful to buy meat there and eat that meat. He says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The meat is not demon possessed. But he goes on. If you are eating this meat that was offered to an idol yesterday afternoon and you're eating it at your Christian potluck, you know, Christian barbecue today, and you have a guy at your potluck, you have a guy at your barbecue who was just converted last week and he was converted out of the worship of that particular goddess and he cannot disassociate the eating of that meat from the worship of the goddess. And if he sees you, the stronger Christian eating that meat and he says, oh, must be all right to eat that meat. And so he eats the meat. And then he tumbles back into the idolatry. Paul says it would be, it would be better not to eat meat forever than to stumble your brother in that way. So what Paul's after is the relationship issue, um, here. Paul emphatically teaches that the meat itself does not have cooties. Even though if I bought, let's say I bought that roast for 10 bucks, uh, from an idol temple, that means my 10 bucks goes into their coffers and they're not going to do good and godly things with it. But Paul doesn't, Paul nowhere says that we have to separate ourselves, um, economically from ungodly enterprises. Um, so we should, 
we we don't need to worry about who owns Safeway or if the Mormons own this hotel chain or whatever. That really is a matter of indifference. What matters is whether you're stumbling your brother or not. Okay, so if um now that with that said, a boycott can be uh lawfully pursued if it's pursued as a tactic, which is different than pursuing a boycott as a moral necessity. A tactic is simply something that you're doing to try to improve things in your your little corner. Uh, a moral necessity, it doesn't matter if, if it works or not. You just have So that's an important distinction. Does that make sense mm -hmm. to you? So he's saying we're not morally obligated in any of these situations to boycott. Um, and if you were, it, we'd probably be in trouble because we'd be boycotting. Right, everything, like <laughs> everything possible. But tactically, there is a that's distinction a good, to be made. Like good, okay. what, when and how should we do it? Are there any times we should? So that's what he's about to get into here. To say I'm not going to do it. It's sort of like a... Uh, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to eat uh, the king's food, and that was a matter of a, that was a moral necessity, and it didn't matter how stupid they looked; and it just didn't matter. They weren't going to do it. So, um, uh, if I if I lived in a small town, and let's say the local gas station in that town started carrying pornography, started selling pornography, and the town had fifty people in it, and we didn't want the kids in the town having access that easy access to pornography and someone organized a boycott shoot let's say that i organized the boycott um and i i was telling you know billy bob here that we're just going to buy our gas down the road five miles down the road until you quit uh infusing uh, porn into our little town this is simply a tactic it's pressuring it's it's pressuring someone who you're living close to in order to get them to do something that is uh, beneficial that you consider to be beneficial now let's say i've organized this boycott, but I have to drive over to, to Seattle in the middle of the boycott. Uh, is it a sin or inconsistent for me to buy gas at a gas station over there that sells porn from behind the counter? Well, I might have a hard time finding a gas station over there that doesn't, right? It's no inconsistency. The issue is not the gas. The gas doesn't have cooties. The gas is not demon-possessed. The issue is relationship and what you're, what, what you're doing, what you're accomplishing. So boycott for Christians, boycotts are good. Uh, boycotts are good if we think of them tactically and and we deploy them somewhat rarely and in all wisdom okay we don't have to partake in boycotts uh for the sake of moral cleanliness with the exception of um an activity that is itself sinful so this is what's behind the bakers and the videographers and the photographers and the uh, florists who are refusing to glorify same-sex uh weddings what they're doing is they're, they're saying they're, they're applying this principle uh just as, as I've described it, if a homosexual comes into your bakery and he wants to buy a birthday cake, you say absolutely and you sell him a birthday cake because it's not a sin for a homosexual to have a birthday. If he wants a wedding cake, you can't use your um, skills to try to glorify an event that ought not to be glorified. That's good. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty helpful. Um, just, you know, if you could do it tactically, make a difference, put pressure. And I think this might be a case because of the boycott Disney thing is really growing, um, strength right now. And, um, we may have a tactical opportunity to put enough pressure to push back on that, uh, they're what well, they clearly laid out at the beginning, which is hiring these people at very high levels that have an agenda, mm. a secret gay agenda is the one lady called it. Um, that man, Hey, if you keep doing this, we're not going to come to your parks. We're not going to watch your movies. Um, so, you know, it's up to you whether you want to go that route or not, but you may have to 
have less people working for you, take salary hits, and and that you know may, maybe it won't be. Um, I think Disney is so ideological. I can't imagine them actually. <laughs> um, it, they'd really have to take a big hit to right. to respond. But but you know maybe it's possible having money. As, as Granddad you say, money money talks okay. when the bull walks. <laughs> um, so you know. Yeah, I'd like to see the effects of their decision this yeah. year alone in, in sales and and support. And yeah. I wonder, and cancellations. I've seen some people post that they, well, this cancels my yeah, trip man. to Disney, yeah. you know. So the people are not on board on, with this. Of course, many are, but there are those that aren't. So, yeah, man. So hopefully, yeah. you know, I, I think Spread it would the word. It, it would be yeah. nice, you know, for people not to go watch the new uh, Buzz Lightyear movie because it's got a gay kiss or whatever, oh. you know, um, which I would never take my kids in anything like that if I had kids. But, um, I think I think this is a is a plausible there's a plausible case to be made in this case to boycott. Yeah. Um, but at the, but again, I want to go back to the deeper issue, which is what we're trying to do on Free Mind. Mm. Even if we win that battle, which is good, good there's a much deeper thing going on here. And we we got to, the real thing that we got to do is train our kids up, train our own selves up to see these tactics. And so we're not even affected. Like you know, I know that I'm not going to be affected by even the way they presented themselves in that meeting, even when it pulls on the heartstrings mm. and even when they, you know, they tell these queer stories and it's supposed to tell you, well, it can't be that bad. Why love is love. You know, why shouldn't they be able to do that? Um, we have to come to the place as Christians where we are, we are um, impervious to that. We're, we're unmoved by those tactics mm-hmm. of the enemy. Um, and we're un, we have a filter that when we watch entertainment or whatever mm-hmm. we're taking and we watch the news, we see through it. Yeah, we're not affected by it. it. Yeah. And then we're training our kids up. We're training the people in the church up. That's the ultimate goal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not this boycott here, that boycott there. It's like, man, a, a major reformation of getting back to basic biblical foundations and really training people up in those things. If we do that, and we really don't have to worry about what these crazy, you know, demonized folks that are behind the scenes at Disney mm, pulling the strings. Good. We don't have to worry about what they think or what they what they do, um, especially with regard to our families. Now, having said that, there are people we, we want to love our neighbors mm-hmm. and many kids in these public schools are sitting ducks. They don't have good parents. And that's another reason why we do fight these yeah, fights, um, because we want to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they don't have the um, tools to fight back off this stuff and they're going to be formed in this context where they're reading these library books. We were, the guy was talking at a church a couple of weeks ago about the school board debates that we're having about these certain books they had in the library that were really like promoting pedophilia and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, LGBTQ, I, I can't remember all the letters um, they call it now. but manner, darkness, um, bestiality even. You know, when kids. you think of the kids crazy. that are being subjected to that, that don't have good parents, they don't, you know, we ha- we do have to stand in the gap for them um, as we do the, the larger kind of long-term work of training our own minds, being transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we know the good and perfect will of God. We can live that out and training up those around us. So that's all, that's that's all I pretty much got today. You got anything else you want to add? No, the more we learn the ways of the Bible, the more we can discern. You know, we don't just learn from culture, take our cues from culture, but we have to immerse ourselves in the world, in the word of God and know what God says is good is mm. good and yeah, what man. God says is evil is evil that's it so yeah alright we'll see you next time blessings we'll